Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. So this very evening, we'll be talking about in his presence. In his presence. Three days in his presence. In the presence of the Lord, there is the fullness of joy. Until we understand this mystery of mysteries. And that is what is eluding most people who call themselves Christians or in churches. One simple mystery of how God can really be with you in his presence, can bless you, can prosper you, can heal you. We really think that it is a question of praying and praying and praying and calling upon God. That's not the issue. God told us that if my presence is with you, if I am with you, if I go with you, then who can stand you? Because it's God. And once you get that and leave the rest. I was sharing with a, a brother actually in the office. And I was talking about praying and asking God. You know, most of us do it. Remember we, we did um, uh, asking and receiving, right? Mm-hmm. Asking, asking, all doing asking God. But you know what I've come to? And I, I hope you do the same thing. I don't bother asking God much about anything anymore. You know why? He gave me the ultimate. God gave me his only begotten son. Now think about it. That's salvation. There is nothing else that you can ask from God that's greater than that. And all he wants us to do then, now that you have that, if you can get that, just that and get it. He said, then seek my way. Just obey me and follow me. Believe me, try, do it. Just do the will of God, obeying him. He said, all other things, because God cannot fail. God and his word are the same. If the word of God fails, God has failed. This we have not really been able to understand. You know, the, the Proverbs told us one thing. He said, whatever you do, you can get all your wisdom. You can get all your what? You can get all your knowledge. It is wonderful. But whatever you do, get understanding. Read me Proverbs, please. Is it for? Seven, please. Four, seven. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, get wisdom. Mm-hmm. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Get understanding because understanding will keep you from falling. Understanding will keep you from being deceived. Oh, please, let's get this right now. Without understanding, you will be deceived. I know that I have the knowledge because I go to church every day. No understanding. Somebody comes there all the time. Whatever they tell you to do, you start doing it. Then you forget to that, which is the word of God. Whatever you do, get understanding. Wisdom. Wisdom will be a beginning. And that's knowledge. Knowledge. Okay? That's wisdom we follow. Discretion will actually give you the way to open the doors. But understanding will keep you from falling. Understanding. No matter whatever you get, the Bible said, get understanding. Otherwise, that is why, you see, when you have 
Christ was telling his apostles, look, nobody can understand the ways of God except it's given to him. Understanding. Matthew 13, 11, please. Matthew 13, 11. Yes. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Okay, do you know that even in the conference we had and in many other places, there are people who may come here 100 years and still will not understand. Except it's given to them. Nobody can actually submit himself to this truth day in, day out, except it's given to you. And once it is given to you, don't misuse it. Because not everybody will get it. He says, unto others, it's just parable. They will hear it, but it will fly. It is a parable when I hear it and I don't do it. You want me to say that again? It is a parable unto me. It's mysterious unto me when I hear the word of God and I don't do it. In other words, I become just a hearer. And that's what most of us do all the time. I'm not talking about people here, but everywhere. They hear the same message, but then they're not doing it. So he said, with whatever you get, get understanding. It will keep you from being deceived. Especially in this very generation that's so crooked and perverse. Understanding will keep you. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. That will keep you. So in the presence of the Lord, there is joy. No, there's not even joy there. There's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. There is a blessing. There is hope. There is love. There is oneness of spirit and oneness of mind. That is why wherever there is a discord or conflict, whatever it may be, whether it's in the family, whether it's in the church, the spirit of God is not there. Because the spirit of God is what? Is love. Is peace. And without it, the Spirit of God is not there. That's why I gave you an example. Remember during the conference, even in this, that book, where I was going to revival, and the Lord said, just go ahead and tell them that where two or three are gathered in my name. I'm not even there. I mean, that was a shocker for God to say that. Tell the district, the whole congregation, I'm not even there. Yes, they gathered, but they didn't gather together. Now, that's the difference. You gather in the name of the Lord. There's another thing gathering together. That means God is with you. And God cannot be with the person except there's a spirit of God. That's why he said in Romans 8, 14, he said, well, he said, as many as are led by his spirit. I cannot be led by his spirit. A congregation cannot be led by his spirit when they are fighting, when they are quarreling. And by biting and cursing each other. That is not led by, there's no way. That is why I don't mean to really sound negative about any minister of God. I don't. It's not my portion. But I, I know one thing. The only people that Christ condemned were hypocrites. Who run around in the name of the Lord. Who clothe themselves, say they are serving God. But they are not serving God. So what am I saying? That is why when you go through what some of the practices most of our people are doing, even back home, especially when they are doing all those deliverance and liberation, when they finish deliverance and liberation, there's always more trouble. No, I don't know if you have seen it. In other words, if somebody comes to me right now, is going to deliver my house, and tells me that my, my uncle who lives next door to me killed my father. 
You think that has not brought trouble? It has. And if that happened, it's not of God. Because what is of God? God is peace. And God is love. So in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And you know, during the conference, because that's all I'm going to talk about. During the conference, three days of awesome time in the presence of God. I don't even know how to describe it right now. It's not a number. It's how far the spirit of God. God cannot manifest his presence except he has seen such a hunger, enough hunger that looking for him and the heart that's open unto him. And you know, our coordinator was saying that it was just appetizer that were handled. And that was true. Because all that happened for the three days were tips the ice ball. Not more than that. We didn't see much. That's why God said that eyes have not even seen. Read me 1 Corinthians, please, 2 9. 1 Corinthians 2 9. But as it is written, mm -hmm. eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Eyes have not even seen. You have not even seen anything. What you saw was just a tip. You've not seen anything about the goodness of God. Most of us are being blessed. But we don't realize one thing. That is not even anything close to what God can do. Remember we're talking about God who owns everything. So when we follow him. But there's a lesson we learn. There's a lesson. And that lesson is this. When there's a super hunger, and this is where my sister, I thought I was referring to, even Mary, Mary Magdalene. When there's such hunger for God that suppresses and surpasses every other thing in this world for you, God will surely manifest his presence unto you. He will always show up and he will lead. And whatever we're doing in this ministry, it has to be that God is in the forefront going through. It has to be something that exclusively that glorifies God. Otherwise, we should never do it. It is not for man. And that's what the, the dialogue he had with what God had with Moses. Exodus 33, please. Let's read from 14 to 17. Exodus chapter 33 from verse 14 to 17. Yes. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That's, stop right there. My presence. This is Please, my, my brothers and sisters, even though on the, the internet, get this thing, this mystery. My presence will go with you. And the same situation when he, when he commanded Joshua. He said, Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. And because I will be with you, my presence will be with you, Joshua. No man, nothing can ever stand you. Because I am God. Without his presence going before us. Yes, go ahead, please. Verse 15. Then he said to him, mm -hmm. If your presence does not go with us, yes. do not bring us up from here. Exactly. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Let's, let's, let's stop again. I'm going to be stopping. Sorry for the interruption. How then, if the presence of the Lord, that is the reason why I'm preparing this right now, how then would we know that we have found grace? In your sight, if your presence is not with us, we will not go. 
That's how you know God has found grace in your in His eyes. It's His presence. It's not necessarily material things that some of us think, but His presence for the presence of God to come and lead man and to go before any human being. You have found special favor and grace before His sight. Let's finish reading it. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? Yes. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, mm -hmm. I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. For you have found, oh gosh, for you have found grace. You don't understand the awesome thing that God did for us during the, prayer, the, the, the conference. I don't even know how to be good to you. For you have found grace. I have listened to you, and I go with you. And I go before you. So in the presence of the Lord, the conference comes now. In the presence of the Lord, it is time. It was time. It's still time to mend ways. Now, if you really thought that the conference dealt more with people who were not members of this fellowship, you're wrong. The main concern of God was here. I'm telling you right now. He had to prepare his people that would go out and stand the test of time as a rock, immovable, and to stand on that which is the truth of the word of God and never to deviate, not turning left or turning right. So most of us were touched. So during that conference, what did you do with it before I come into, because it was going to be short. That it was time to mend ways. It is still time to mend ways, my brothers and sisters. It is time. Any moment, any moment you get up, you wake up. Every second of life may be the last second. It may be. It's time to mend ways. It's time to forsake the evil things. That we do. Those things that they appear to be an impossible thing for us to do. The time has turned to turn away from evil things and never to return to the vomit which you already have. Second Chronicles, please. This is just a summary, a little bit of a summary of things. 7 14, please. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Yes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Do you know how many times people misuse this very verse? They will present it, but they will never present the forsaken, the evil ways. If people are covered by name, if they will humble themselves and pray, oh, yeah, I will open. What? You left the most important one. That God is not going to respond to anyone except he's serious about forsaking the evil ways. So that's what we did. It's about time, and it's still time to forsake those evil ways. Isaiah 55 7, please.
Isaiah 55.7 yes. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. His mercy is sufficient and his grace is sufficient and his mercy is forever. You want to have mercy? He said forsake your evil ways. I'm just going to run because this is just the threat that I'm going to combine and summary and we'll move on. Forsake your evil ways. Put out all those dirty and filthy garments if you want the Lord to receive. Can you imagine a high priest of God, a high priest of God, ordained of God, whatever he wants to call I don't know what he called himself, but I know that at least he was a high priest, whatever. Okay. Was there an, an angel of the Lord, angel of the almighty God was standing, not on the left side, but on the right side. Proving that this was somebody who had been refined through the furnace of fire. But the devil was standing and opposing him. Lord, he will not get anywhere. Because, you see, for some reason, he belongs to me. Zachariah, please. Three, one to four. Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3, 1 to 4. Mm -hmm. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest. The high priest, yes. Standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Mm -hmm. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. Mm -hmm. And to him he said, See, I have I removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Joshua was standing there, the angel of the Lord. But Joshua, there was iniquity in Joshua's heart. And there was nothing the Lord could do. Because the devil had, a, if Joshua was so favored, forgot to say, the Lord rebuked Satan, get away from there. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to take that filthy distance. Once the filthy clothes have been taken off your back, don't return. That's what I'm saying right now. Do not return anymore to that because it will only be worse. That's why I said it is time, not only now to many ways. I mean, we're going to be in detail. It is time, not only way to many ways, but it is time to go and sin no more. And that's going to be the first day. Second day was time. And it's still time for self-examination. As we sit right here now. It is time for self-examination. It is time to take stock. What is actually my standing before God? Am I in spiritual agreement? Am I the one when I say one thing, I do another? What is actually going in my heart? Am I truly born of him? Can the Lord come and say, here I am, my child. You and I are one. 
A self-examination. Today, we still do it. Every second, we need to do it. Examine. Have I ever been in agreement with him? Or have I been deceiving myself? And if I have been ever been in agreement with him, am I also operating within the same scope of that very relationship? One who is because one, one who is born for, of God must be equally as holy as God. It is not by mind. It's not somebody saying, no, nobody can do That's not what I'm talking about. It's a willingness to forsake the evil ways. Once that willingness, God sees it and sees the heart. God said, I will now give you a new heart and I will give you a new spirit. Then that will completely, because you see, for one saying, I am with God, you must, number one, be delivered. Then, deliverance is not complete until you are transformed. Colossians 1.13, please. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has delivered us. And then when... With the deliverance, he trans what? He transformed us. A transformed person is transformed for any and all purposes of life. I cannot be transformed today, tomorrow I go again. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's why he said in First John 1, 5 to 6, he said, this God, this is the message. This is the message that we have been delivered to us from the beginning. And in fact, John was saying it, but even, it wasn't even John. All the way from Genesis. He tells us, I'm holy. This is the message. He said, I am light. I am light. I'm, there's no darkness in me. If there's anything dark, I don't have anything to do with it. Therefore, if anyone still walks in darkness, he does not belong to him. So God said, you must be holy because I am holy. Because anybody who is actually born of God is created unto God into righteousness and holiness. You see, and the argument comes and said, no, we are saved by grace. Fine, but let me put it this way and let it be on record. We are saved by grace for good works. Read me Ephesians, please, too, 8 to 10. The reason why we are saved by grace, we don't know what we're doing. Once the scales have been removed from our eyes, then we are what? Transformed for good works. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 10. For by grace are you saved yes. through faith, mm -hmm. and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We are created unto Christ, unto good works. That's why the Bible keeps telling us that everyone will be judged according to what? Yeah, but they tell us, that says, don't worry about it. Once you save yourself, oh yeah. He keeps telling us, every will be judged according to his works. And it is a work because we are created unto good work to bear fruit and bear good fruit. That's why Matthew 5, 16 tells us what? He said, go then and do the good works. He didn't tell us to go and do the good mouth. Go and do the good works of your father. When people will behold those good works, it will radiate because it's a light that's shining that touch everybody. Then they will know for sure that because of the good work coming out of you, you must surely be of him. You must surely be of him. 
there must be a differentiation. There must be a difference. That is why, see, when you look at when Christ was talking about Matthew 5, right? He said, love your enemies as what? Is, is that what he said? Don't worry, I got it wrong. He said, love your enemies. Bless those, right? Yeah, bless those who curse who cost you, right? I wonder how many of us, well, have we been blessing those who curse us? Let me just, I'm not going to just worry about that. But, but why did he say we should love our enemies? I'm asking. No. No. There are more, read me 43. Matthew 5. Read me from 43, please. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 43. Yes. You have heard that it was said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Mm -hmm. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Yes. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Mm -hmm. That you may be sons that of you your father be, in heaven. That you may be different. You see, be like your father in heaven. Because that's what differentiates you and sets you apart. We think that what sets us apart is that, okay, like back home, they said, uh, if you are wearing like pants, long pants, they said, ah, you're not born again. You born, or you, you don't cover your hair. No, that's what he's talking about. Does the spirit, you know, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is what actually separates us from the unbeliever. If we act like an unbeliever, we're unbeliever. Anyone who act like him is our master. So he said, there's a way to separate yourself. That is why other people, when they start praying all the dangerous prayer to kill and kill, we pray differently from the heart. Otherwise, we are the same. There's no difference. So that is why he said, you got to be like your father. Matthew 5, 48 said what? Be your perfect as a heavenly father is perfect. That's not a new thing. All the way from Genesis 17, 1, he told Abraham to do what? Walk before me and be perfect. You see, because God is holy. Forget about what anybody is saying. Without holiness and righteousness, nobody can see him. He said it. He said it. All we need to be able to do, Lord, I've had you. I surrender. I can't help myself. But Father, at least the ones I know that I do wrong, I will not do them anymore. Help and give me that spirit. That I can turn away from them. And God said, okay, wow, I've seen the heart yearning for me. I will really pour my spirit. Because if you look at the Hebrew 8, 10 to 11, 12, it said, behold, the day will come. Can you read that for me, please? Hebrews chapter 8, from verse 10 to 12. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after mm -hmm. those days, says the Lord. Yes. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. No more. When you come to the Lord with a broken heart, with a contrite spirit, when you come with that heart that is saying, Father, I have done wrong. I will not do it anymore. From the most, the sincerity of that heart radiating from all godly sincerity and good faith. I've done something that is wrong. God said, I will wipe out those sins. No more. 
And you know what I will do? I will have mercy. I will have mercy because you don't know what you are doing. But once you know what you are doing, and you still claim mercy, that's a problem. I know that one. Because who said that? Even 1 Timothy 1.13. Didn't Paul say that what he did, he did ignorantly? 1 Timothy 1.13. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, mm -hmm. but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Now, if I continue to do things willingly, knowingly, and with all reckless disregard, and you think God will be happy? No, God will not be happy. How about us? Our children. You correct them today, tomorrow the same. You correct them today, tomorrow the same. I wonder, you probably will think that. Why did God do? I don't want to say. Why did God do this to me? And gave me this child that will never listen. You know how it is. You'll be crying all the time. Because you see, when a child is misbehaving, the parent is mourning. You know that? When the child is the one misbehaving there, the parent is crying. The same thing with God. He said, all day I stretch out my hand. I'm crying all day. What iniquity have they found in me? Come, and they will not come. The third one, of course. I'm just rushing through it right now. Without super, let me call it a, a super hunger for God brings all the presence you can think of. That's the hunger, the love for God. Because the love of, for God, okay, or of love of God, whatever you want to say, is actually what drives us to obey God. The intensity of that love will determine our obedience. If I love my parents so much, I would not want to do anything to grieve them. And that's how God is. That child who is special to you, that very child that's special to you, okay? When he does something, he grieves you the more. You know that? I don't want to say because our children are here. That child is special to you. Whenever he does something that is not proper, that's the one that grieves you more. Now, let's put it this way. If I have a friend now, that's, this is my best friend. Every time he knows all my secrets. I, boy, we are all every time together. And there's an acquaintance. I'm changing it from children now. There's an acquaintance somewhere there. You know, the thing that my best friend does will be the thing that will hurt me more than an acquaintance. Because I've invested so much. I've given so much. That's why God was always very angry with, not angry, very offended with the children of Israel. I've given you everything. That's what he said also to Moses. Mo I mean, sorry, David. Say, David, how could you? Eh? I took away the kingship from Saul. I gave to you. David, whatever you needed, I supplied all. If you even needed more, all you needed to do is to ask me. Why would you then turn against me and despise me and reproach me? So that hunger, that past understanding, my sister was talking about it. We cited Mary Magdalene. We don't want to go back to it again. Being the first. Is God still, even up to this moment, I'm talking to you. Is God really the first and the last in your life? Does he, is he the one who is receiving exclusive glory in whatever you do? Is he the only one that you really please? 
and not to please other people, human beings, and then in the process you offend him. You know, God is so far, we think. He's so far, but we forget one thing that is the closest one to you. Do you know that? You don't have to go far to find God. The kingdom of God is within you. But sometimes we look at the ones we can see with our own eyes, and then we try to displease God by pleasing them. That will be over from today, right? Now we have, we can rejoice. I fast to that. In the presence of God, there is joy, fullness of joy, rejoicing, rejoicing. And we did rejoice. Were you here? If you were here on Saturday, oh, Brother Roland, you needed to be here, you would have been dancing. I dance and dance and dance and dance. Oh, mommy, we were, <laughs> were hitting it. It was such a program and the ending that nobody in this room would have ever been able to imagine, anticipate, or plan. But God putting it all together to end it, to show us, you have found grace in my sight. And we are rejoicing and being happy and celebrating. We dance like David danced. I dance. And some people were looking at me as if they, they thought I was born to. I mean, I dance. Why wouldn't I dance in the presence of the Lord? It was awesome. It was wonderful. Especially when God will use you. Listen to me. When God will ever use you, their own inconvenience, if that's the term, your time, even money, to seek for souls, you have nothing to gain from it. Personally, physically, to use you that way, there is no blessing more than that. The reward is so awesome because in your heart, you're not expecting anything from God other than to say, Lord, we're here to be part of the tool you will use to execute your commission, to bear fruit and get them. But he told us one thing. He said, as if, even as we rejoice, and be happy. And we'll continue to rejoice for the longest time. He said, make sure you rejoice with fear and trembling. You know why? Every second is an endurance. Every second. It is not easy to really follow God fully. But when the Spirit of God takes over, it is so simple. Because then when you start worrying about this left or right, the Spirit of God will come and do it. He said, with whatever you do, yes, it's good to rejoice. But don't rejoice like the people of the world. You know, on weekend, they just, I mean, we dance here unto the Lord. And some of us were drunk in the spirit of the living God. Remember that's what happened, right? But in some weekends, maybe you go, you see people, they, they drink and drink and drink, they go back, and know what they're thinking again, maybe the next weekend, where are we going to go drink again and dance? I'm not really condemning anybody. That's not the issue what I'm talking about. But God tells his children, there got to be a difference between your own rejoicing and their own. Whenever you are rejoicing, get at the back of your head. That which is the only thing that's imperishable, the most important thing. Do not take your eyes off it. So he tells us in Psalm what? Psalm 2, 11, please. Psalm chapter 2, verse 11. Yes. Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. This is what will keep you. The understanding. Remember I said, with wisdom, get understanding. Get understanding that this God, forget about, did you know before, the children of Israel will not even open their mouth and call the name of God. 
Christ came, and since that time, it's like God has become just like, oh, we can use, say it, whatever we want to say. We can even abuse him, as if we're licensed to do that. Think about the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. The one who turned and said, I am God, there is no other God beside me. Where would you run? Why would anybody be mindful of any man that would die when I'm God? And he turned to Job and said, Job, you show me where I lay the foundation of this world. Since you think you are smart, who actually commanded the ocean not to pass the boundary? Oh, for the longest time, I've not gone to any of this ocean or whatever it is. But Saturday, no, not Saturday. Well, whatever it is, I think Sunday or Monday, sorry. I went to Galveston with a friend because a friend was visiting and my wife, I went over there. And then you, you come and sit down and I, I, I recall the description that Sister Beastie was giving when he was in Holland looking at the ocean. Looking at the ocean, you don't see the ground. You don't see anywhere. Where is this coming from? Just like what the Spirit of God, like in John 3.8, when, when, when Christ was explaining the Spirit to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, they will not understand. The Spirit comes just like a wind. And then you hear it, but you don't see it. Where he goes, you don't even know what is going on. And God said, tell me, where did this come from? The almighty God needs to be reverent. He needs to be feared. Fear what? Fear is to depart from evil. Not a physical fear. Oh, I don't want God will do No. God is so loving. But God does not want his children to be destroyed. He said, when you serve me, serve me with fear. Always at the back of your head that I respect no human being. If the almighty God would even deny Moses entering into the promised land because Moses offended, sinned against him. Now think about it, you and I. And then it's, even when Moses was dead, the devil was contesting, right? Over the body of Moses. It's almost like saying, Dad, this body is mine. And God said, get away from it. He said, no, remember what he did? You know how the, the, the evil one always reminds. Remember what he did? That's almost like what he was telling him. If Moses would do that, fear the Lord every moment. Tremble at his word. Whatever it is, drop what you have and listen to. Follow his ways. That's why he told us that you better, if you think you have been saved, for those of them who say that they have been saved and they have saved forever, and there is no other way, he tells us to tremble. Philippians 2, 12, please. Always. Philippians 2, 12. Yes. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You can see why. You can see why Paul of all people We'll get to a point, no matter how, as long as his ministry was going, turned around and said what? In Philippians 3, 10, said, all I'm praying that I may even know this God. Because he's almighty God. And Paul gave us a reason why we should always tremble. Always tremble. Read me 1 Corinthians, please, 9, 27. 
1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. But I discipline my body yes. and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, that's, that's the question I always ask myself. I don't know if you have asked yourself. What if? What if after all this, we sit down here, Oh, maybe the Lord is using me to teach or whatever. I think suddenly I begin to think I'm something. And suddenly, humility will leave. Pride will come in. What if after all this, I've labored in vain? No, I'm, I, there's the reality. What if he's God? That's why he said that whatever you do, except it is done according to his will. The person will never see him. Without purity and holiness, so nobody will. And Paul said, I discipline myself for whatever it takes. If I will go and die hunger, I will. But I do this in all things. Running this race, which is an endurance race, an uphill battle, a race to the end. And blesses who, who gets to the end. According to the will of God. That's why Matthew, you see Matthew 7, right? 21 to 24, it says, not those who say, Lord, Lord. They're not going to be the ones who enter this kingdom. I don't care what they say they have done. What miracle they say have performed. One thing that is clear to me, except it is done according to my will, then you will not enter. Why is it very important for us to be as God is? The scripture tells us that as God is, that's the way we should be. First John, please, 4 7. 4 17, sorry. First John 4 17. Mm -hmm. Love has been perfected among us in this, mm -hmm. that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So are we in this world. That's why we say that we are created as God unto righteousness. Ephesians 4.24. We don't have to read that. Everybody can. We are created as God unto righteousness. And Hebrews 12.14 tells us. Yeah? Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 14. Pursue peace with mm -hmm. all people. With all people. And holiness without which no one will see the without Lord. Without holiness, nobody can see the Lord. And that's why Matthew 5, 8 tells us, well, blessed are the pure in heart. Those are the ones who are going to see me. First John 3, 3 tells us, well, anyone who expects to, what, to enter into this kingdom must purify himself just as God is pure. So, running this race, the Bible tells us it's an endurance race. Some people just preach and say, no, once you, one day you come and say, Okay, I accept Christ right now. You're already in heaven. If it was that easy, oh my goodness, why, why, are, we, why are we laboring? You see? But even Christ himself told us in Revelation, said that only those who overcome, how does one overcome except he goes to the end? We don't have, have time to do with that because I said it was going to be short. And somebody said it wasn't going to be. But whatever it is. But anyway, this is the situation we have right now. With us here, who is a good servant, a faithful servant? 
My heart rejoices with all of you. All of you. And my prayer is that we can endure and run this race. But it tells us that this is a faithful servant. That when his master knocks any moment, he's able to open. Give me Matthew 24, please. 44 to 51. Matthew chapter 24, from verse 44 to 51. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? Mm -hmm. Blessed is that servant, whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. As shortly I say to you, that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. Oh, yeah. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The faithful servant is the one who is ready and running this race all the time. So what is the food for thought for us? It is not what any time, any moment you are doing something about God. Even in your, your job. Please understand me right now. It is not for you anymore what you have accomplished or what you didn't accomplish. Because in the long run, things about God, you have accomplished nothing. Because he is the one. Have you learned something from this? It is not what we have accomplished or felt accomplished. But rather, what did we become? Did we grow up? This conference, is this something touch us? That we cried and weep in our heart. Have we found out that God is the one who executes his own commission? We may be there. But nobody does the work of God. He does it. Have we also, have we, did we ever find out one thing? That for any purpose, as long as it's established by God, and it's for God, let me say it one more time. For any purpose, as long as it's established by and for God, for exclusive glory of God, God must surely see it to the end. And the gate of hell shall never prevail. We had this during the conference, but my God is an awesome God. Now, I will give you what to close, really. Congratulations. You may say, my goodness, after you resign, congratulations, after you told us all these things. But for some reason, that's how he leads me to teach. I didn't come here to dance or whatever, but the joy is full unto those who understand that the way and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That as God does things, then you should know he's the only one that you should receive the glory. Then it is something to really urge you on to even with more zeal, more excitement to seek him to the end. May the Lord bless you because I pray here as I congratulate my brothers and sisters here. In fact, with from all my heart, congratulations for those who did everything to put this together. Now, one other question you probably will ask yourself is that 
even in this conference, did I learn something? The opportunity and the grace gave us even to do this thing. Did I do all I could do possibly in my life to make it happen? If no, what should I do then next? If yes, how can I do better? It is the way of the Lord. And the Lord mighty will keep each and every one who is in this room and who is hearing this in the internet. That the Lord will lead you to his own conclusion. That the blessings of the Lord will be on you. And that in all things, oh Lord, I pray you, do not forget us. Amen. Keep us to yourself that we may live for you forever and ever. May the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.